G'day Trendsetters, welcome to episode 479 of the Trainsmove podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website, trainsmove.com, or forward them bad boys over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All you got to do is type in Trainsmove, and you'll get instant gratification knowing that you're helping support the show by just simply coming up with questions. Now... Uh, as I've mentioned uh, a few times now, I'm I'm taking up drums again, playing drums, mostly to knock around with my daughter. Which, by the way, we're so different with our music tastes. Uh, I I will be there playing music together. She's there on the on her guitar. I'm there on the drums, beating away, and and I'm I like stuff hard and fast, and she likes stuff slow and easy listening. And I'm always going. You got anything faster? Why don't you Why don't you play that song a lot quicker? Anyway, it goes along like that very much most of the time. Anyway, but as I've mentioned in the past, I've deteriorated dreadfully in playing the drums since you know 2001 when I stopped, and very very recently since I've picked it up, and I really didn't understand how badly I would have deteriorated in such a short time. So. I took this as an opportunity to start completely from scratch, learn a new technique, to start everything. So I'm in the process of learning the Marky Ramones type of drumming, which is um, very heavy on the eighth note of the hi-hat. And most drummers can do the quarter note all day, but not many can hold the eighth note. So when I'm working, I'll do one, ch- not at work, but the days I work, I'll have I'll practice once, um, generally after work. And the days I'm not, I'll do two, up to generally two to three sessions per per day, just trying to practice, get better, because I've got it in my head. I I want to. Especially my daughter's got a 16th birthday party coming up, and and she, she hangs around a bunch of musicians. And I, the idea of just blowing all these teenagers to pieces with with my drums that that's kind of where I'm I'm am targeting it like I'm targeting an Iron Man, just full dedication. But anyway, and including um, you know I've got uh, military uh, mat- matchsticks now, to, which are heavier, and then I'll I'll practice them in in um, the, in bath water to try and get that extra resistance. And so I'm going I'm taking the fun out of learning the drums by by do, by doing it. But to give you an idea on where I'm at and um, where I'm trying to get to, um, I'll give a quick indication. Now, you're probably going to go, yeah, go me, because I've actually put 33 and a half seconds into this podcast while I talk about myself. I should really rechange this to Tim's World instead. But um, just this is a song, uh, Rockaway Beach from uh, the Ramones. So I'll only play a few seconds. Now I can play this, no troubles at all. But this, the recorded version of this goes for two minutes and seven seconds. Now this is the live version of this. Again, I'll only play a few seconds. Now this is the exact same version as the recorded version, but just 30 seconds faster. I'm nowhere near being able to hold that eighth note for that type of speed yet. I'm practicing every day. 
you know, it was a month ago I couldn't do the recorded version of it, and now I can do the recorded version for two minutes, seven seconds, but being able to do that live version for one minute, 37 seconds, nowhere near it. I can hold the, a quarter note for the live version, but not an eighth note. That's, that's completely on a different level. But before I actually get, we get into talking triathlons and, and good stuff like that, I will say, since, because um, I've mentioned I practice every day, I do, I record, I, I play drums to this one song every day from the Ramones without fail. And I play it for the practice, yes, but also I play it to my injury. And, you know, it just makes me feel that little bit better that, it's going to be going away one day at a time. I feel like I'm getting 1% better every single day. Alright, well thank you for letting me be a little self-indulging there and who needs psychotherapy when you've got, you know, a podcast? So, <laughs> yeah, look at that, I've filled up over five minutes worth of me talking about my drumming. Um, <laughs> today's question comes from Isaac who's written in a number of questions over over the time. So I like people sending in multiple questions, yeah, everyone should try that. Uh Today he writes, uh, my first question is, I need to make the investment in a decent bike, computer and power meter. I have an aggressive goal for 2023, would like to be able to do the full Ironman, perhaps consider Lanzarote. What power meter would you recommend? Something that I could afford and train consistently with and based on the based on the data and I can target my benefits to be able to compete in such a tough in such a tough course my second question well let me answer this first question before we get to the second question so um, the it depends on your budget I would if you obviously to me the gold standards for power meters is the srm that's just the gold standard um and everything i i just like that the most it's got a good reputation um there, there can be a pain though when you're the back i don't know what the new ones are like at the um but the, but the srm i've got it's very smooth it's very nice it's very just pleasant um, the only difference is when the battery runs out, you just can't d duck up to the local shop and get a $3 battery and put it in. You've got to send it away and get and get a, a new battery soldered in and then um, it calibrated and and checked. So, and that, that costs like 250 bucks every every couple of years to do that. Um, but to me, the the, the st I've got two power meters, one for my road bike, one for my time trial bike. My time trial bike has the SRM. It's just so nice. My to, um, road bike has the four uh, the four I power meter, which which is just a crank based um, crank armed power meter. It's nice. It's reliable. It's good. Um, but it's not as anywhere near as smooth and nice as the SRM. They're, they're day and night but it gets me for where i want to want to be um 
the SRM, the, you know, those those type of power meters, you're looking at over $2,000 for the stage or four eyes or, what, or one like that. Um, you can get them 400, 400 um, bucks, four, $500, depending on um, if you're willing to sit, sit, sit around and wait for it. I'm looking for another power meter for my son's bike at the moment. He, he, but we're, for him, we're going secondhand. We're just looking for either four eye or um, a stage power meter for him to to um, stick onto his new road bike he's got. So, um, but I don't think you can go past Garmin. And I was saying all this. I would recommend. I don't know what your budget is, but. For me, I'm a tightwad. I like going secondhand with a lot of this stuff. But um, people, especially in the triathlon community, they love their gadgets. They love, even cycling. Um, yeah, I'll have someone just show me. Oh, look! Look at this new um, Garmin computer or the Wahoo computer. Look at does this is. I've just spent you know eight hundred bucks on it. I think oh, it's very nice. I look forward to buying it off you in a few years' time when you're upgrading it for a fraction of what you just paid for it. And that's kind of how I I live my little life. I get I I'm riding on um you know an older an older Garmin. I got a Garmin Edge. Oh crack! I forget what it is now. Um. Uh, 510 a Garmin 510 I think um, it, it's it's nice it was beautiful in the day but it's still very nice it's exactly what I want a mate replaced it for uh, got the updated version of it and he there's barely a scratch on mine so I, I just upgraded um, upgraded that gave my one to my son he had another one old one of mine which is it's just dead but um and then so i always look secondhand if i can but i'm more than happy to wait and um wait till the right one comes across their facebook marketplace that's a really good um starting point to look for power meters and um garments and stuff like that that's just me if not I'd be looking, Stage has got a good reputation, Four Eyes got a good reputation, um, Garmin's ones, um, the newer versions of their power meters is um, much much user friendly. So it's just a matter of trying to get a um, what your budget, what you're willing to spend, um, and then you're going from there. I personally go second hand. But that, that. My second question is, because I live in Puerto Rico where it is relatively fat and in terms of bike courses, what do you recommend in training in order to get me into shape to be able to tackle a bike course with 2,500 metres of elevations? That's a good, good, good amount of climbing. Uh, as a side note, I as a side note, the only simulation that I have here is 30 to 40 miles an hour gusts that come from the Atlantic. That sounds like fun. Uh, the crosswinds have the crosswinds here are very tough and replicated efforts. Kind of right. So um, you got a problem if you're going to be doing a course. Um, where you're going to be doing five, you know, two and a half thousand meters of climbing. That's um, and you don't live in a hilly place. Your work's cut out for you because um, I remember. Yet, for instance, if you go um, 
you watch some video footage also of um, Ironman Australia, Port Macquarie. It's rough, dead roads, very hilly course, uh, or pretty hilly course, I should say. And there's a couple of really steep hills. You can tell the people who have no hills around them because they get off their bike and walks a couple of the steeper hills. Um, yeah, or the, or the ones that aren't really focusing on that on their trainers. So to do to do it, um, yeah, you got the wind. That's very nice. Um, you're going to have to do a lot of overgearing on your on your bike and try and replicate those hills. It's having too many hills in your um, neighbourhoods is a better problem to have than not enough hills. But um, you're going to have to be doing uh, um, cadence work, a lot of active cadence work. So um, doing sessions where it could be like for, um, one minute at 90 RPM, one minute at 70 RPM, one minute at 100 RPM, one minute, one minute at 70 RPM, one minute at 110 RPM. You do those sort of things and then five minutes easy. Um, so you, your cadence is going up and down. So you're trying to get that skill level that, that you're going to be needed. You're going to need on um, a hillier course because your cadence isn't going to stay the same. It's going to be constantly changing and, and rightfully so. So you got to get get used to to that you're also going to have to be doing um just low cadence work so, so start maybe every um every for the i don't know for the 16 weeks leading into your to your race make every monday 20 times one minute at, um with the one minute effort at um 45 55 rpm at uh, just 90% of um, FTP thereabouts so you're not you're not going over the top with, with that you're not smashing the crap out of your knees but you're getting in some good, decent strength with one minute easy in between Thursday I would do another strength session on the bike That this one I'd make a little bit longer so start off with 4 minute efforts with a cadence a little bit higher than 45-55 so I'd be looking at um 55 65 somewhere keeping your cadence around there you start off with four minutes and if this is from 16 weeks out um so you've got to prepare the body before that you get to this 16 weeks out too to be so it can very easily handle it so you're starting off with maybe four minutes and you get and you're going up rather quickly so you're doing um so you'll be able to do 40 50 minute efforts at that low cadence of maybe 60 rpm just grinding it away so i'd be looking looking at that also um your body position's going to change on hills so if you're um if you're riding indoors you might want to just lift up lift up your front wheel slightly just I'd, I'd say put some yellow pages under it but i don't know if the world has yellow pages anymore um but just put put just lift up just to force you to try and change that body position now if you're outdoors um you could that's you're just gonna have to try and replicate that a little just have that slight more lean forward grab grab the top of the top of your tt bar maybe and push your way up but yeah it's um also with that sort of climbing you're probably going to have to spend a little bit of time out of the saddle now if you're living um on flat ground you're going to have to do add that into your intervals too so do doing like um let's say you go out for for a ride and you do it and you might do 10 times three minutes and in those three minutes you might might be three minutes standing up so you do three minutes standing up at whatever power you want to you're trying to target 
um, if you're going to be standing up in a race, you're probably going to be closer to threshold. So let's let's call it threshold or just over, hovering over. So you're riding three minutes at, at threshold, standing up, and then you can go down to, I don't know, 65% of your FTP um, sitting down. So I'd be I'd be playing with all all that. So you, but you've got to think of it from the the point of view of what the body position, um, the demand on your body, or what it's going to be doing. Now, if you've got hills, um, you don't need to think anywhere near as much of uh, of the of this. But if you haven't got the hills that you, that ideally you want, then you've got to be thinking the the load on the body, what you really need to be doing, body position, um, yeah, and going from right. I'm going to be going from the TT position straight up to you know sitting up. Now, right now, I've got to go stand up for that last part of the climb. So you've got to start putting all these into your um, training session. So even if you come up with a an idea of you know. Uh, might be five minutes in the TT followed by two and a half minutes sitting up followed by one minute standing straight back into the TT for two minutes and, and you, you can play around with that try and make it as exciting as, as you possible can with along your cadence changes as well so if you're in the TT position chances are you've got a nice higher cadence um, let's call it 80 RPM for instance that's where a lot of triathletes hang around uh, and so you it's starting to the hills starting to increase so you might drop it down to 75 rpm so you're sitting up for instance and and then that's and then you drop the cadence down or so or get the cadence up higher but try and get a lower gear to help replicate that um but during a during a race you want to try and not let you well you don't really want to especially for Ironman you don't want to really want your FT don't really want to be riding over your threshold um, but targeting this race I'd be looking at almost trying to use the hills as a recovery trying to keep your power as low as humanly possible um, and and put the big watt bombs out on the downhills and on the on the flats so it, i'd be trying to get as much speed on the downhills but on the flats I'd, that's where i'd be trying to put the most power out not and i'd be really trying to save my legs as human as much as possible for the for the hills so trying to get that real high cadence easy spin even if you um won't let your power go over 85 percent of your ftp for the for for those hills so you're going to be losing a bit of time on the hills but you should be able to gain it back on the especially on the back end of the bike course so i hope that helps um if you guys have any other questions jump on through to the website until next oh, before i say next episode how about i finish off with uh <laughs> the ramones exit
Hey, right.